Welcome to Unsigned Hype episode 14. On this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to the incredible artist Mari World from Chicago. Prior to our interview, I asked Mari which song he would play for someone that wasn't familiar with his music yet. Mari chose his song Hustle, and if you're not familiar with Mari World's music yet, here's a snippet of that song before we jump into the interview. This is Unsigned Hype. The song you just heard is called Hustle by Mari World, and I have the absolute pleasure to welcome Mari to the show today. Mari, why is Hustle the song you would play for someone that has never heard your music before? Yes. So um, Hustle, it's a it's a great story behind Hustle. So I used to work for a, a, a jingles house and um, I was always just infatuated with making huge songs like things that the whole world can enjoy. And so when I was at this jingle house, um, kind of in my free time, I started producing this. This was back in 2015. Um, I started producing what would become Hustle. And um, fast forward to like a, a year a-, a year after that, 2016, I finally recorded the vocals for Hustle. And I didn't release Hustle until 2021. And so um, it was just one of those songs I would keep listening to. It stood the test of time. And um, I consider myself an old soul with a new vibe. And so... Um, what that means is when it comes to making music, it has to be timeless and it has to be something that people would love hearing down the line, uh, 10 years, 20 years. And I really think hustle embodies that. It embodies that timelessness. And also just hustle in and of itself is something that's always existed in society. Um, In order to be successful or get to the next level, you have to hustle. And so, um, that's that's why I chose hustle. It's just one of those things that that that's timeless sonically, but also timeless conceptually. That's really interesting. So production starts in 2016. So there's 20, 2015, actually. 2015. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's six years. That's a long time to listen to one song. What was going through your mind when you repeatedly listened to that track? And why was 2021 the right time for you to release it? Um, well, I felt like Hustle was a, it was a pivotal sound for me because I had wrote out, um, some of the horns part, like the, the, the main part, the dun, 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 dun. and then I, um, I pretty much walked up a, a bass, um, a bass guitar and, you know, I put 808s and I'm like meshing all these sounds to make it sound like it's from like the sixties or seventies but still hitting it with the 808s. And so it has that, 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 new, that new wave, like trap feel to it. And so I'm like, wow, I just discovered a sonic identity for myself and I want to explore this some more. And so what that meant is I need to build other songs that sounded somewhat similar to Hustle. And so I took those next years really um, honing in on, on, on my sound, on um, my identity as an artist. And Hustle was just really there the whole time. It was like a reference point that I can always go to. Now, I knew Hustle could be a huge song. And so another part of it is protecting it and giving, giving it the, the attention that it deserves. So why did I finally release it in 2021? 
well, I had gone through a lot of changes in my music career. Um, I had stopped doing music full time and I learned how to code. And so with that, a lot of pressure got taken off of me. I'm like, I don't need hustle to be the biggest song ever. I just needed to exist in the world and for other people to be able to hear it. And so that's when I said, you know what, 2021, let's let it fly. And um, also there were some other good things that happened in 2021. It was the uh, Ralph Lauren commercial, which I was very fortunate to be a part of. And I'm, I was just like, you know what, this is the perfect time to, to give this to the people. And so, yeah, 2021, uh, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a very special year, very um, pivotal, very essential in my career. Yeah, I mean, there's so many interesting things that you said right there. But something that, that stuck with me is this concept of timelessness. Yes. Is it, do you approach your work with that thought of creating timeless music? Or is that something that comes with the final product? As in, once a song is done, it gives you that feeling of being timeless. Mm. Oh, that's a really great, that's a great question. Um Am, am I am I right in process? Like, so for one, I'm very selective when it comes to sounds. The sounds need to inspire me because that's going to inspire what I write. And so, um, when I'm in that when I'm in that moment, I'm usually coming up with different melodies, different cadences, and I step away from it for a little bit come back to it and see like, is it still fresh? Is it something that I can hear being played over and over? Let me step out the room. If I were walking into this room, you know, is this something that I would instantly feel familiar with? And that's what it's about, making a, a familiar, like I've known this artist for a long time when I started listening to this song. And so um, I put myself in the shoes of other listeners. And then that's when I'm able to say like, all right, like this is going to get recorded. This is what's going to be included in the final product. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of both. It's, um, you know, really, really just putting yourself in someone else's shoes and um, imagining how they are going to react to it years down the line and in the present. You know, you're, you were mentioning that you found the sound for yourself Hustle was such an impactful sound. It, it it has such an incredible feeling and energy to it. But when I listen to a track like Forsaken, for example, that you've put out, that's a different vibe. You're you're giving yeah. to the people much more introspective, much yeah. more vulnerable. So you kind of juxtapose these two songs, and you have these you know you have these massive, powerful horns on the one track, and those really chill acoustic guitar strings on the other and obviously the the content of the songs are just different yeah I, I feel like as an artist creative freedom is everything to me and while i do love creative constraints for you know the purpose of getting something done and being resourceful working with what you have there's something to be said about creative freedom and the different ways in which you can express yourself. Um, as an artist, you're, you're a human. And as a human, you have a range of complex emotions. And so 
one day you're going to be feeling like hustle. Another day, you know, you may be in a relationship, you may be looking for love, you may be like in a gray area spot of your relationship with, with a significant other. That day you may be forsaken. And so I feel like my my goal as an artist is to inspire people um, through expressing those range of emotions and not going down um, a monolithic route with the with the sound. You know, you gotta you gotta stay true to yourself. And so I, I'm not always hustling. I'm also out here loving. I'm also out here thinking about holding myself accountable in my relationships, um, in my in my friendships with folks. Um, in my specific relationship with my significant other. And so um, I want to make sure I continue to um, choose from that that palette of emotions and, and paint it out very um, diversely. You know, there's, there's one part that are emotions and those are within you, they're within us. You, you feel them and you express them in your music. And then there's also inspiration that we draw um, from other music sometimes and that you find in other music that also makes you feel something that evokes emotions in you. Mm, with that in mind, I want to go back a little bit to your to your upbringing, um, growing up in Chicago in a household where music played a crucial role uh, for your family. Yes. Uh, gospel played yes. an important role for your family. Mm -hmm. Hip-hop also was was really important and not only among yourself but also your siblings uh, i think you drew a lot of inspirations from inspiration from the neptunes timberland tell me a bit more about that first time you've realized that music was something was something that you were falling in love with yeah um as you mentioned wow you, you've done some great research <laughs> so you. growing up in <laughs> growing up in chicago most of my family They came from uh, Mississippi. Uh, now, my great uncle came up and he started a church. Um, and that, that was like the entrepreneurial thing to do at the time, you know, start up a church, get a congregation, um, build services around the church that provides value, right? And so my uncle, uh, my, my great uncle, he organized the, the choir, And so everyone in my family was a musician. Someone played organ. Well, we had a few people playing organ slash piano. We had folks playing drums. Um, we had everyone singing in the choir, soprano, tenor, alto. And so it's just always been part of my family's DNA. And um, I mean, my uncle, he, he even like, made an out he made a gospel album um when it was tough to make album this was back in the 70s and so it's just always been um part of my family and so you know when i came into the picture i was always attracted to the drums to the percussion i think i just love the idea of just banging on things and so uh my uncle slash my god my godfather He was the drum player for the family. And then my cousin TJ, he became um, like the, the main drum player for the family. And I was always like third or fourth in line to play the drums. And so a lot of the times I was just on the sideline, taking in the music, taking on every, everything, the organ, just the atmosphere. And um, 
you know, even like seeing the, the preacher preach, you know, when, when they get to a certain part of the sermon, they, uh, you know, go into a, a like a, a melodic type of uh, preaching style where the organ is, com- the, the, the organ is conversing with the preacher. And so everything about it was just musical, powerful, impactful. And I think I looked for that, that call and response, um, that um that the, the the melodic stuff the the percussiveness i looked for that in a lot of the music coming up um in in the timbaland and pharrell's music the neptune's music uh and i felt like they were embracing some of those same elements that uh, i was getting while i was in church um do you remember the first time you recorded a song and thought wow i need to do this for real and build a career out of this <laughs> Ooh, I think the the first thing I record. This is a funny story. The first thing I record. This was two thousand nine. I want to say um, my mentor. He gave me like um he he bought me a laptop and he gave me a microphone that he had and my friend my my best friend my brother T um, brought in another uh, friend of ours um, L A. He was a producer. And we just set up shop in my in my basement, um, at my in my childhood home, and we would put up a we we put the mic into the into the bathroom of the basement because it had the best acoustics, and um, yeah, th- that's where I recorded my first song, and I think it was um, I want to say the instrumental I recorded to was like. May, Rick Ross's Maybach music? Was that, I don't know. It was <laughs> it was something like that. Um, he picks great beats though. So oh yeah, good choice. So yeah, that was my that was my first time recording, and it it like sucked, and I just had to keep going at it. And like I think when we got our first track down, it was um it was a cover. It was a sample version of um. Ooh la 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 the Fuji la that was that's that's what it was and so yeah that was my like first official verse that actually got published out into um to the world and that was in 2009 so yep from then on I knew it was on how long did that take until you were like I can actually share this with people this is this is enjoyable to to listen to whoo How long did it take for that particular song? Well, in general, from the moment you record your first track and you think, nah, that's not it, until the, the moment you say, yeah, that, that could be something. Oh, it was, it, was, it was only like a matter of two or three days. Oh, wow. Okay. As, so, so you really stuck with it because in that moment you knew that you were considering turning this into a career? Or, or was it because it was just a lot of fun to find out what you were capable of doing musically? I definitely wanted it to be a career. Um, I mean, this is in high school. Like, honestly, when I was a junior in high school, I wasn't thinking about college like that. Like in, in Chicago, there was a lot of, at that time, and like kind of like this now too, there was just so much negativity going on around the city, like a lot of violence and everything seemed very dead end. And so, um, you know, here I am, 16, 17 years old. I have no money. Um, I don't feel like there's a, a job that 
I could really work because the way everything was spread out, like youth unemployment is so bad in Chicago. And so at that time, I'm like, I need to find a way to make some money. And it's either going to be something illegal or, um, you know, maybe there's an alternative path. And that's when uh, that's when my brother T, um, Tavares, he pretty much said, like, yo, like, trust. Like, we don't want to get into the to the street stuff. It's a little crazy out here. Um, let's definitely get into this music. And so I think by virtue of that, um, music became the only way at that time. So, and 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 back then, what what made you decide to keep going, especially when there's so much uncertainty um, on on where you're headed as an artist? What what was your motivation back then? I think back then I just wanted to be heard. Um, you know, I was uh, I was a more introverted type of person, like. I wasn't super introverted, but out of my friend group um, or friend groups that I, I was part of, I was probably the more introverted, the more like eclectic one. Um, and I think music was my way to express myself, um, a way to for me to like deal with my emotions, deal with, you know, like depressive episodes I was having at that time in my life. Um, with also trying to find love. I just felt like music became a, a new way for me to emote. And so um, I, I, I couldn't stop. It was, it was like my therapy. It was my safe space. Um, it was my sanctuary. And it was somewhere where I could continue to improve and I could continue to share with others and it made me feel seen it made me feel heard and um that's why i, I kept going send me a letter saying you miss me threw it away because it ripped me up you've hitched on love nothing to give nothing against me There's no reward unless it's risk involved And lit to luck And now we're at the end of a road And one cold night can darken the decision Like I've never seen it before But when the heart start racing That's when the wheels start breaking off And the wheels start shaking And no one seems to be wrong This was Forsaken by Maury World And now back to the interview But but at the same time you also decide to go get your degree in finance So there's always, you know, there's always these dream stories of going all, all in with the passion You know, people quitting everything to pursue their dream. But then there's also the safe route where people say, I can still keep doing music, uh, but, I, but, I, but I also need this job or I also want to pursue this, this other passion that I have. How was that process for you with, with the decision between pursuing one thing, but also knowing that doing, doing two things at the same time would mean maybe less time in the studio or maybe less time studying? How was that like for you? 
Yeah. So, um, so I actually, so I got my degree in psychology. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And I was, I was fortunate enough to get into, um, one of the like best institutions in, um, in America It's called a uh, Williams college. And so, uh, it's this small liberal arts school in, uh, Western Massachusetts. Um, and it's, it's, it's just one of those places is so quaint and just nestled in the middle of the mountains. But it also has this, um, it, it has this air of like uh, just this old New England feel of like you graduate, you get your degree and you go work in, in finance, you go work in consulting no matter what you majored in. And so... I feel like when I was fortunate enough to to get in that college and just kind of stretch my um you know just a- academic rigor and whatnot, I was like you know maybe I do go for the finance job just to like kind of get some footing because I don't know what else to do like I could go all the way in on this music thing but also I'm I just kind of have this pressure of hopping into the work field um because you know I I just don't see exactly how music can pay, but I know I can get there. Um, and I, I will say that one thing that really pushed me and gave me hope was uh, my internship that I had with The Lodge Music. Um, I interned with them my sophomore year of college, and it went so well. It was only a three-week internship, but like I had gotten in good with the CEO um, with all the composers there, and I was pretty much competing up against Flowrider for for a Super Bowl track. Um, Flowrider beat me out, and um, <laughs> that's and, that's awesome. Yeah, well, it's not awesome that he beat you. I know, but still, to be in that, co- I'm a college kid, you know. And yeah, my CEO was just like, "Look, I know Williams is a great school. You're probably going to work in banking or consulting once you graduate, but I'm going to tell you right now, like, music is your God-given talent." And so, um that's something that stuck with me. And so, when I went to go work at the bank, um and this was probably like 4 years later at this point, when I went to go work at the bank, I got a message from that same CEO that said, hey, we have a staff composer position open. Um, we didn't forget about, you know, just the amazing work you did while you interned here. Um, we'd love to offer it to you. And that's how I ended up in New York City and back to pursuing music again. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So you got your degree in psychology, you then work in finance mm-hmm. and then find your way back into music. That That's quite the journey. That's quite a journey. I, I'm, I'm wondering what you would recommend others who might be in this position of having to make a decision, this decision in particular, how, how important would you say is it to get this sense of security in your life versus going for just this one thing, which is a dream career in music, for example? I think it's very important because with something like music, you need to be stable financially. You need to be stable mentally, emotionally, psychologically, because music is not an industry for the vulnerable. Um, you once I'm gonna say this again, the music industry, it's it's not an industry, it's not a business 
for the vulnerable. You need to be standing on your own too, because there are people that unfortunately will take advantage of your vulnerability, of you wanting to pursue your dreams. And so I'd always recommend when you're doing music, make sure you can take care of yourself because you don't want to have to leave that into the hands of somebody else because now it means they have more control, more leverage over you, not just your career, but also your life. And that's something personally I didn't want to give up. And so I wanted to find that stable ground um, in order to be able to operate from and, you know, focus on my music and be able to do that without any pressure. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's uh, you you hear that a lot. It's it's the music business. There's not just the music. There's also a whole business side Mm -hmm. that artists need to 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 get into and and yeah it's it's definitely not an easy business to move around in for sure now um you you moved to NYC that was in 2014 if i remember correctly 2015 2015 sorry mm-hmm. yeah um yeah i mean uh, NYC is a new journey for you where you feel inspired to keep going with your music and that's also where you start performing at pretty incredible venues and in events South by Southwest, for example. And I, I think Hustle even at that time was featured on on ESPN. Yes. Um, that's incredible. That was great. That yeah. Yeah. How how was that for you? It was unreal. The so the way I actually <laughs> it was so funny how I found out about it. Um so I, I was distributing my music through um United Masters as as a what you call a select artist which essentially means um, you get access to sync opportunities. And so um, the thing about the the sync business is your music needs to be readily available to get synced, to get placed. And so the easier it is for a distributor or for um, any anyone for that matter who's in the business of pitching music for, for screen, um, it, it happens really quickly. And so... With with Hustle, I was on Twitter and there was this uh, user, I can't remember his name, but what this user would do is he'd take songs that he'd hear on um, TV or something, find them, and then like play a drum pad along to it or play the drums along with it. Um, sometimes he just like hit on the, he, for, for Hustle, he was just hitting on the steering wheel and just like just going along to the beat. And I'm like, how did, how did he find this? And so in the tweet, he said, um, yo, I found this new jam hustle on ESPN uh, on, on first take. And so I'm like, Oh, like, wait a minute. I didn't know. I didn't know about this. And I guess, you know, UM went and synced it up and did they thing. And so next thing, you know, um, me and my, me and my um, homie slash manager, Justin, we're like scouring the the internet and like TV to see where hustle was played, and so we came across the um, first the first take clip with who was it? Was it um, Mo- Molly? I, I can't remember. Was it Stephen A? I, it, it, it slips me, but yeah, we came across the clip of, of hustle playing, and um, you know, next thing you know, it just started getting synced more. It was in first take. And then it got in the NBA playoffs. 
And then, um, you know, everybody like starts sending me videos like, oh, Hustle's playing on the finals right now. Steph Curry's like walking through the tunnel and Hustle is in the background. Yeah. So it was dope. That's crazy. That's crazy. Do you remember the impact that it had on your career? Like, how did you feel? How did you feel the impact of that massive placement on your streaming numbers financially? Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, it, let me let me think about this. Financially, it wasn't a, a huge impact. Like the the sync fee on that. Yeah, I, I mean, and it, and this is not to, you know, say anything about like, you know, distributors and how they pay artists, because um, I, I think they, they, they do their damn best at trying to get exposure for artists. And I think that potentially could have been the upside in that sense. You know, I'm still this smaller independent artist. Um, I'm not demanding a crazy fee right now, you know? So um, I would say it had more of an impact on my perceived intrinsic value of my music to know that something that I worked on in 2015, 2016 is getting synced to screen um, in 2021. I'm like, yo, this is dope and this is timeless. This can get synced in 2030 and I can receive a hundred times more than what I'm receiving, a thousand times more than what I'm receiving. This song is just going to accrue value over time because I knew in my mind already that this is going to be a song that stood the test of time. And so I think that placement really, really solidified that for me. Is that success to you? Is that something that you look at and you think I'm successful in music? Are these the moments that define that, or how would you define success for yourself in your career? When, when do you feel successful as a musician? That is a great question, um, and it's a tough it's a tough one to answer because I'm not only just a musician, but I'm also a software engineer, and so the way I approach music in terms of technology. I feel like that's ever evolving. And so how I succeed in music could in fact be tied to how I succeed like at the intersection of it with technology. And um, I, I think for me, honestly, music, a music career is successful. And in, in my point of view for where I am is when I've exercised the value that I can provide from a technical standpoint, from a creative standpoint, and from a human standpoint. And for all those things to materialize into something that can provide generational wealth for my family. And so that probably means uh, multi-millions and whatever currency that our world is going to embrace over the next uh, couple decades um, that can be in the form of um, publishing royalties down the line 
to know that the music is still generating that revenue. Um, yeah, that that's when I think it's uh, successful. And I, I honestly would say, like, my music career is is pretty successful right now in, in that because I I feel like day to day I can inspire people um, from a human point of view. Um, I still have the ability to create and I have a stable foundation. And um, yeah, I, that's, I forget, what was the other point? It was the, the creative standpoint. It was the humanistic standpoint. And um, oh, yeah. Also, from the technical standpoint, um, I'm I'm able to distill all of these concepts about music and how to take things further and how to give to others um, through through technology. How to build values for others, help others build value. And so, yeah, I, I would say my music career has opened those doors for me, and for me, that's successful. <laughs> Should have left you all alone And now I see where I went wrong Didn't make you feel like you would want it Now I know it takes the two of us But I know it didn't hold my own And if I had one chance I'd take your hand And bring you back to where we belong When I first walked out I was down on my life Getting you right Just how I thought you were like We stay up on the phone Just to hearing you cry I couldn't realize priority in my life I was up, I was down, I was getting my check I was out of my mind, I was down on my breath That don't give me a reason, don't give me no flex And later's never better, but when I'm in this forever And later's never better, but when I'm in this forever And later's never better, but when I'm in this forever how you feel, how you feel, how you feel What if you walk out on everything when shit start getting real Step into your shoes, running away won't heal Definitely you be there for me, we 50-50 the deal Couldn't see what I was on Never should've left you all alone And now I see what I went wrong This was Wanted by Mari World And now back to the interview yeah, I was I was going to get into your passion for for software engineering actually because because that's also a passion of yours that you found you've developed um, something. I'm wondering did that passion for that particular field put your output of music on hold for a little bit? Um, it's just, it's it's interesting. Um, I would say my I'm, I'm going to kind of do the inverse and I'm going to talk about music. My strong love for music, but also my frustration with how difficult and how unpredictable it was to make it as a musician, that turned me into code. Because here we are using these platforms, using this technology to build successful music careers. And sometimes you feel like the technology is just working against you. And so I'm like, there are a lot of artists that I can imagine are in this position. What if 
I took six months to a year out of my life. You know, music is timeless. Music can, music has decades on it. What if I just took six months to a year out of that and learned the skills that can build platforms um, that I could teach to others that I could utilize and bring back into music and have more longevity with it because I love music so much. So I would say that my, I don't know if I want to call it a love for software engineering, it's, it's really just me having a curious mind and picking up a new skill. Um, but I would say my curiosity into how things are built and how that can fit into music is what drives me. And I don't think it slowed down my musical output. I think it slowed me down so that I can then accelerate. You were mentioning these frustrations with the music industry. What are the things that you've experienced as the most challenging parts of building a career in music? Honestly, it's the things that I never, it's the, it's the things that I never got to that had warning signs all over them. And that's the scalability. Um, that's what frustrated me to know that I'm one artist and that I have to create content. I have to put music out. I have to go on tour. All of these things cost money. Um, I have to create albums songs. Um, all these things cost money. I, I have to uh, bring a, 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 I have to bring tour support, people who got the camera, who are going to play in the band. And I'm like, wow, this costs a lot of money. How is this getting paid for? Who's going to own everything if I'm not the one putting up the money? How long is it going to take to recoup that money? Um, I'm like, wait a minute. There are a lot of red flags. And If I don't figure out an alternative way, like I'm going to step into something that's not scalable and could leave me in a financial hole. And it's happened to so many artists. And I feel like that's what really gave me pause about how I approached music, how I approached my career. Is there, are there other things that you wish you would have known about the music industry prior to becoming a, a part of it? Um, I, I, I want to say like, I, all the information was out there. I did a lot of research on it. I, I don't, I can't really say that there was something extra that I wish I'd known. And the stuff that I don't know are the things that are kept behind closed doors for, you know, for probably very specific reasons or for business reasons. You know, there's not a lot of information about how things get done um, behind closed doors in the music industry. Why certain deals go the way they go. Why this person is getting paid so much or how much this person is getting paid. Like there's just no, there's not a lot of transparency there. And so, um, yeah, I guess I wish I had known those things a bit more, but At the same time, we're moving to a world where um, transparency is going to be priority, and so that's the, those are the ideals that like the music industry is going to have to operate on. That music, 
business professionals are going to have to um, operate on. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm learning everything that I need to when I need to know it. There's so much great advice um, in what you've shared throughout our our talk. Also for other aspiring artists who might have not who might have not even re have not even released their first song yet. Mm -hmm. um, is there other advice that you would give to those people, people who are thinking about starting, who might just be about to release their first songs? Um, what are the most important things that you've learned uh, that you think should be considered? And I know you've mentioned a lot of a lot of these things throughout our conversation, but maybe some some more things that you want to share off the top that you could think of. Um, yeah, I, I would say there are many ways to approach music. The two that are coming off the top is you want to use your music to either like open up doors or create access so that you can go somewhere else. So when you're getting into creating music, kind of reverse engineer what your goal is, what you have in mind, what you envision for yourself with the music and then just go for it and create with intention. That that's why that's why it's important to kind of reverse engineer the, the product. Like imagine if you were a, a software engineer or coder and um you just start building some stuff, you have no idea what it's gonna be. Like you probably never get anywhere because you're just gonna keep putting things together and building it. But you have no idea what the what the vision is, what the long term vision is, and so you're just building this use, useless product. And so, as a creative, when you're creating music, think about your long term vision. Think about how you want to make an impact. Think about who you want to reach, who you want to touch, what those moments look like when you get to that point, and reverse engineer and just embody that, embody that vision. And then create your song, create another song, work your way up there, collaborate with others to achieve that vision that you want to achieve. And of course, the other way is to just do it for fun, just because it's a release you want to emote. That's the other one. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And have you come across other aspiring artists that you feel like deserve more attention like who are your unsigned hypes who are the people that you believe deserve to be heard by the world and are maybe still flying under the radar too much yeah most definitely so first and foremost i want to put on um stokely life of stokely i'll definitely want to check him out he's a really dope artist um he he like does everything by himself with his family And he has some dope collaborators, some dope producers, but this is actually um, his sweater, uh, Such Is Life, for um, one of his projects. I'll just kind of give him a shout. But what I love so much about uh, Stokely is he's he's really, really doing this for the love. He's just been on his grind. He's been hustling. He gets his family involved with it. Um, and... Yo, he he's he's building a dynasty, and I I think you know just turning focus to to, to people who are family oriented, to artists who are family oriented, is something that I truly admire, 
And so for that reason, I definitely want to um, shout out Life of Stokely. Um, uh, another artist you all should definitely check out is um, I Am Pat Jr. Um, he's a really, really dope artist. He makes some crazy visuals. Um, well, more like one-shot visuals that just hit it on the spot. But one thing that he really has, he has a lyrical touch. Like he's in his bag lyrically. I mean, he breaks down his lyrics. Um, he's just just very talented. And other than that, he's a really genuine guy. He's a um, dope human. He's always been open and, and vulnerable about his process. And I think the world needs to hear more about um, about Pat Jr. So yeah, I definitely say um, check them out. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Life of Stokely and Pat Jr. Yeah. There's a playlist with this podcast um, where, where I will add music of those two artists, of course. As well as some, um, as well as some of your songs, uh, thanks, thanks so much for mentioning them. I'll definitely link all their info in the show notes as well, the show notes of this episode. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I think as a last question that I want to ask you, and and it does get a little deeper here. I'm I'm just interested in in hearing from you. Um, what do you do it all for? Yeah. For me, I, I really just want to inspire artists. Um, I want to help artists provide value to them because I know artists are the gatekeepers to their communities. They're who can, they can reach down into, you know, the nooks that are hard to reach and they can inspire others. So if you give them the tools and you give them the inspiration to do what they do best, I think it has a net positive impact on society because, like I say, they have their micro communities. And so when you enable them, you can enable a lot of greatness in terms of just like innovation, inspiring people to go out and pursue their dreams. And I think that really starts with investing in the artists. And that's what I want to do. I want to invest in artists, whether That's um, through giving them technology tools, through um, helping them make amazing music, um, being a contributor, uh, producer, songwriter, um, a collaborator. But I think all in all, um, I'm an artist for artists for people. What goes around comes around twice over. What don't kill you will make you stronger. Pray for the weak, for they pray on the weak now. Barrel to your beacon. Life is a revolver. Be my witness. 2020 vision. 40 40 listening. 60 60 calling. 50-50 chance I'm the next nigga ballin'. Keep the money in between the This was Unsigned Hype episode 14 with Mari World. The track you're hearing right now is Mari's newest single, Higher. You will find the song in the Unsigned Hype podcast playlist, along with all of the songs discussed in this episode. Make sure to support Maury World by checking out his music and following him on social media. And for your weekly Unsigned Hype, make sure to also follow us on Spotify and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes below.
same old bitch with new tits. Milk the game up, babies came up in danger to learn only Jesus can save us.